It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, up to bat, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm Brett Boone, and today on the program, I'm joined by the former owner of the Houston Rockets and Sacramento Kings, currently is one of the minority owners of the Stanley Cup champion Las Vegas Golden Knights. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Gavin Maloof. Gavin, thanks for coming on the program. My pleasure. Uh, I really followed you, Brett. Great player. (laughs) Well, thank you, and hey... Congrats on the Stanley Cup. I know you were busy with that recently. Pretty awesome. Uh, when when do you get your ring? That's what I want to know. Uh, that's a good question. But I think normally they they hand out the rings the first game of the, uh, the the upcoming season, the regular season game. So I think we probably get the rings right around then. Very cool. Very cool. And and uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome winning a, a championship at the highest level. Um, all right. I've had a ton of players, football, basketball, baseball, general managers, presidents, uh, actors, Hollywood guys, journalists, never had an owner on. So this is going to be interesting for me. I got some I got I played for a lot of owners, but I've never interviewed one. So I'm looking forward to this. Um, Let's talk about the family a little bit. My family, obviously a baseball family. It was kind of what my dad used to you know, kind of tease and say, oh, it's the family business. The Maloof family business is owning teams, distributorships. Uh, You own the iconic Palms Hotel in Las Vegas, where we're going to get to a little bit later. That's my kind of when I was young and I watched the real world, you kind of put it on the map. Um, Talk to me about that and the family dynamic. Was it the family business? Is that is that what you kind of were born into? Like me, baseball. Well, we were Coors distributors for 75 years in New Mexico. That's how we really started. Then we got into uh, liquor, and we had Jack Daniels, Bacardi, uh, you know, uh, Robert Bandavi. We had wines. So we, that was our core business. And then we always wanted to be in Las Vegas, and we built the Palms 
And we actually had the Fiesta Casino before the Palms. That, that was in North Las Vegas. That was the, the first casino ever in North Las Vegas. We sold that, built the Palms, and, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a smash hit. And then we got into sports. We, My father owned the Rockets at 1978. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away in 1980. I became the youngest owner ever in professional sports at 24. And uh, so now I'm a little older, but uh, we own the Rockets. We sold that when my dad died and then the Kings for probably 15 years and now the Knights. And just finally, we, uh, after all, everything I've been through and all the teams and, and playoffs that we've been accustomed to, my family, we finally got a ring. Pretty awesome. Uh <clears throat> You mentioned you mentioned your father bought the Rockets. Uh, he passed away shortly thereafter. You took the reins, twenty four years old. I couldn't imagine what would that be like sitting at going to the owners' meetings and sitting in that room. And here comes this twenty four year old. How big of a challenge was that for you? And sitting there with the other owners, you know, probably of your dad's age, and they're looking at this kid going, "Wait a minute, did they take you seriously?" Well, they, <laughs> I think I, I think they did. I, I don't know. I mean, I never asked them, but uh, I can recall one story. I was we played at the, the Lakers at the best two out of three miniseries, and in the playoffs, and we had a uh, the, the Rockets were forty and forty two going into the playoffs, so we had a losing record, and we beat the. I was in Los Angeles. It was the best two out of three. It was tied up one one. I was in Los Angeles. We win the game. I run down to the court. The security guard stops me. She says, "Hey, where are you going?" I said, "Where am I going? I got to get to the to the locker room to congratulate my players." She said, "Well, I can't let you back there." I said, <laughs> "What?" I said, "Well, what do you mean you can't let me back?" I said, "I'm the owner." She says, "Yeah, and I'm the president. Get out of here." Right. She thinks and you're she, a kid going to get autographs. <laughs> yeah, and she kicked me out. I never did get back in the locker room. That's True story. Awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. When you're, when you're a kid, and, and I remember when I was 20, 22, 23 years old, when dad comes to you and says, uh, and, you know, tells you and all your siblings, hey, we're going to buy the Rockets. W was that a pretty cool thing? Like, oh, we're going to own it big time. What was that like? <laughs> well, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, I was going to school at Trinity back then in San Antonio. So we had some Texas connections, and I really loved it. But you know, back then, Brett, it was, it wasn't like it is today. It was, uh, you know, we we played the Boston Celtics in 1980 uh, for the finals with the losing record, and it was on tape delayed. You know, right. I don't know if you remember. You wouldn't I re remember. I, too. I re uh, no, I remember. I remember well. 80. Okay, I, I was born in '69, so yeah, oh, okay, I, I so it was on. Yeah, it was on tape delayed back then. So it wasn't really, I mean, it was big. I mean, it was the NBA, but it wasn't like the NFL or, or baseball as, as much, you know. I remember, Gavin, I grew up in Philadelphia. My dad was playing for the Phillies all throughout the 70s. And so I was a Philly kid. So you say it wasn't that big, but I'll tell you what, if you were a kid in Philly, that's 76ers and Flyers and Phillies, that was my whole childhood, and that's all I remember. I remember the short shorts in the NBA. I love them. You know, those rivalries, yeah. the Lakers of those days, and, and the Boston Celtics. 
And, uh, oh, that, that's kind of my heyday. A lot of, we, I'm fortunate enough. I get a lot of, a lot of guys on this, this podcast that, that are older and I grew up watching and, and some of the, some of my, you know, my, my career was a lot of fun and I have a ton of great memories, but a lot of my great memories were as a kid growing up watching the sports that I loved and and the NBA back then, that was, that was the best time in the NBA. uh, As far as I'm concerned, you mentioned the ownership and, and being different than too. Nowadays, there's so much money involved. Uh, there's investors, there's this, a lot of the franchises back then were owned by families and it was kind of a mom and pop. The Philadelphia Phillies in the seventies were owned by a guy by the name of Ruley Carpenter and his family just owned it. And it was kind of run that way. There wasn't, it wasn't a big corporation. Um, it's changed now. It's different in 2023. It is well. Well, the prices of the franchises are so astronomical now that uh, it, it's really it's hard to own a team <laughs> unless you're Bill Gates or something. You know, you can't. Right. It's it's very difficult because it's billions and billions of dollars. It's a different mindset, different. But you know, there's still the play on the on the ice or play on the court. And, you know, that still matters. Play on the field. So that that's still it's still there. You know, we all want to win. And uh, that's still the, the great thing about being in sports. As a kid, you and your brothers and, and sister, uh, did you look to dad like, I'm kind of going to follow in dad's footsteps? I mean, I know as a kid, it was just kind of natural for me. I, I, I was given a ball and glove at an early age. My dad played for a long time. My grandfather before him played. And it was just kind of what I did. And when people ask me, what are you going to do when you grow up? Uh, you know, we're, we all have our, our fantasies. Or, But to me, it was like, oh, no, I'm going to play big league baseball for about 15 or 20 years. And then I'm going to do whatever I do after that. And I didn't think twice about it. It's like if people would question me, like, what, what are you going to do as a backup plan? Well, there's no backup plan. This is what I do. <laughs> dad, you know, this is what dad does. And this is what I'll do when I'm old enough to do it. Uh, did you look at that? Did you look to dad and say, I, I kind of want to follow what you do? I know your grandpa, Joseph, uh, he started it all with, he just opened a, a store. I don't even know what the name of the store was to get things rolling. Well, my grandfather did open a general store in Las Vegas, New Mexico, Brett. There's a, another Las Vegas. We used to call it the original Las Vegas, New Mexico. <laughs> so that's where we all started. But yeah, I wanted to follow with my in my dad's footsteps. We, I always knew I was going to sell Coors beer. I always knew I would be in the liquor business. I always knew. Well, once we got into sports, and then and then we sold. Unfortunately, when my dad died, we we wanted to get back in. You know, we there was something missing in our life, and now uh, thank God we got back in with. Uh, with the golden Knights and, you know, we're minority owner, but, but we, we, we got a championship. It was so great for us because we've been chasing that championship for, you know, 44 years. <laughs> I mean, I, I, we, we, we did, we did have a championship in the WNBA uh, with the Sacramento Monarchs. We, we had a championship there, but, and that was great. I'm not uh, downplaying that, but it's still not the big four. So this was incredible to, Get a Stanley Cup. You uh, you sold the franchise, Houston Rockets, and later on you buy the Sacramento Kings. Now I played for some. I played for some owners. I, I played for Marge Shot in Cincinnati, who was that was different. 
she was hands-on. She was on the field every day. You know, she had her dogs running around, Shotzi, Shotzi O2. She was at every game sitting in the front row. Uh, I played for the Atlanta Braves where Ted Turner was the owner. He didn't come around much. Uh, you'd see him time to time in his seats watching the game. And then I played for, for an owner in Seattle. Uh, it was Japanese-owned. He's he since passed away. He never showed up to one game game from the day he bought the franchise to the day he passed away never showed up never heard from her or anything what kind of owner were you uh in the sacramento kings days oh we were hands-on i mean we we we, we were hands-on but you know we we still do our limits um <laughs> we knew that maybe we thought we knew basketball but we really did we left it all to the gm and i think that's what a lot of owners make that mistake they get they think they know more than they do but I think you have to trust your GM and your player personnel people to make the right decisions. If they don't make the right decisions, you get someone else. But you can't meddle in in the, the player decisions, which we we had our opinions, but we really left it up to the GM. And but we were hands off. We were around. We we're every game, not every game, but most most all the games. And uh, so it, it it was great. Uh, did you have a relationship with the players? Like you come to town, Gavin, what's going on? Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. That, that was the toughest part of sports. Owning a sports team was trading the players because I mean, we had Mike Bibby and Chris Weber and Vladi and Peja, you know, we were all, it was all one big family. And so anytime you had to trade one of them for whatever reason, it was, it was difficult. And, but we we had that cohesive bond. That's why we we took the Lakers to seven games, and we should have beat them. But uh, <laughs> that still still irks me. But we uh, we had a great team with Lottie and Chris Weber and uh, Stojakovic, and so. But it it, it was great. Uh, you know, it was a great time, and and now I'm having a great time with, with the Golden Knights. And hockey's a little different. You know, I don't <laughs> I don't profess to know hockey. Right. And I don't prefer, but but we have a great general manager and Bill Foley's done a hell of a job, and uh, they they do know the GM knows and, and player personnel they know what's going on. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Biggest challenges of, of owning a franchise. You, you mentioned, you know, you don't want to get too hands-on. You want to let guys do their job you hired that general manager to do that job you might you hired that head coach to do his job do you find it to be challenging sometimes where you kind of want to enter you know interject your opinion or you think well wait a minute i'm kind of getting emotional about it <laughs> yeah we, we they used to have a saying in basketball they said we gotta protect you from yourself i learned long ago that during the summer league in the nba we saw my brother joe and i saw this player playing and he looked really good i mean really good so we asked our the head of our player personnel said how's this so-and-so can he play he says oh no he's garbage <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so then, <laughs> we knew after that and said well 
We don't. I guess we don't really know. We think we know, but you really don't know. You know the obvious. You know a LeBron or Kobe or or Vladi or Chris Webber. You know some of those are obvious, but there's some that you have to see what their potential is down the road, and that's what I think a good GM does. The fans are a big part of it. And being being an owner, you'll listen to it every day. Now, as players, we're going to get critiqued by the fans. We know what we're signing up for. That's a part of the deal. As an owner, a lot of times it seems like, especially talk radio, where fans are, oh, Gavin doesn't care about our team. You know, he just is worried about the ticket sales. How much, how much did you take the fans' interaction and, and really, uh, I don't know, engage with them and, and – in a way, I mean, you can't appease everybody. It's like a player. You know, when, when we're mm-hmm. getting critiqued by fans, it's like, listen, I'm doing the best job I can. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. But as an yeah. owner, when you hear when you hear those critiques of, oh, they don't care. It's a business. They don't care about us. Um, and I know you and, and your personality is you did care and you were all about winning. So when you hear fans, how important was it to you to kind of be engaged in some way with the fan base? We were always engaged with the fans, always. We'd, we'd stand out. I, I remember in Sacramento, I'd, I'd stand out in front of the, the, the building to shake everybody's hand as they walked in. I mean, you know, as they were right. filing in, I'd shake their hand and just thank them. Thank them for spending. They're spending a lot of money. And we wanted to win. You know, that, It was all about winning. That, that was it. That was our total focus. And myself and my brothers and my sister, my family, we're very competitive and we play everything to win. So I think they, they knew that we wanted to win. We were doing everything we, we could to win. And I think that was a good thing, good sign for us, for the, for the fans, because that's all they care about. Yeah. And I think too, as, as players, uh, you know, during the seat, it's like, I mentioned earlier, I played for a, a bunch of different owners. Um, I always looked kind of, I don't know, kind of in awe, not in awe a little bit, but kind of envious. Uh, George Steinbrenner, outspoken, polarizing figure, uh, the big, bad New York Yankees. And, and he, man, he was in the news and he was he was saying what was on his mind and he wouldn't hold back. Very critical of players. Um but as a player, I thought, you know, I'd love to play for somebody like that. He might, he might, he might give me a tongue lashing once in a while. But I know that man. At the end of the day, all he wants to do is win. And when you're in that clubhouse and in, in baseball arena, 26 guys in that clubhouse, that's all you care about. You don't care about this, that, uh, being politically correct. I could care less. It's just I know when the big boy upstairs, the owner, he's got my back and he really wants to win. That's the most important thing because we have we have such a short window in our career to, to play and try to play for a championship. Uh, when the owner has your back, I'm telling you, it, there's nothing like that, that feeling. It is. Uh, that's why we all play the game, right? Yeah. That's why you have the players. That's why you have fans. It's all about winning. And it's and. It was so great this year to to finally win the cup. <laughs> I was with my brother Joe down on the ice, and we're hoisting up the Stanley Cup. It needed two of us, by the way. <laughs> it's pretty heavy. I think Joe pulled his back out too. <laughs> but it was it was so great. What what a great feeling! And then the parade and everything, and it was just it's heartwarming that 
you know, finally we made it. We finally made it after all these years. We've been in sports. I've been since 24, since I was 20. Well, actually 21 when my, before my dad passed away. 21, I was involved in sports. So it's great. And, and like I said, it's, it's all about winning. That's all there is. It's not about the shirts, ticket sales and all that. That's all behind the scenes. But it's all about winning. And, and I think the, the players, the fans, everybody appreciates it. We do everything we can to win. And it is amazing. You've been in it a long time. And it just goes to show you, you take, you take for, for granted sometimes the championships, you know, the teams that win multiple championships. I played for a long time. My first, my second year in the big leagues, I went to the playoffs. We came up a little bit short, but I thought, oh, I'll be here a ton of times and I'll have a chance mm -hmm. to win plenty of rings. Then it's over with. And you really have an appreciation for just how hard it is to win the big one, to win the whole thing. Think of the years you you've been in it now, and you finally won a ring. So when people, you know, you you see guys that win, you know, the Super Bowl, the uh, the NBA Finals, the World Series, it's kind of like, oh yeah, they won. You know, that's great. But it's like, do you know how hard it is and how envious <laughs> we are of players to win it? It's pretty awesome that. From 21 to your age now, this was your first championship. So I, I guess you have a real appreciation for the grind. You're 1,000% you're, you're right. You know, it's – I say to win a championship, it's impossible. <laughs> I know it's not yeah. impossible. But but like you said, you know, what? Like just like what we did with, with the Kings, we were in the Western Conference Finals with the, the, the Lakers – the one year. And then the next year we think, well, okay, we're going to get back there. We got a great team, but we're going to compete again. And Chris Weber goes down with a knee in, knee injury. That's it. We're done. And that's, that was the season. And then we got back to the playoffs, but we were never the same, but uh, you're, you're a hundred percent right. It's so difficult to win a championship. It's impossible. Well, look how long it's taken me. Now, if you're the Yankees, you win, you know, 27 or however many they've won. But, you know, there's that's the only one. But look how many teams go 50, 60, 70, 100 years. Look at the Cubs. How many? How long did it take them to win the championship? So it, yeah. it's you, – you can never take it – you can never take the championship for granted. And there's no guarantee that you're going to be back there again next year to win it. I mean, I think we have a – Great team next year that we'll, we'll be competing, I hope. But there's no guarantees you're going to win it next year either. No. You mentioned your siblings. Um, that would be really interesting. Take me behind. Just give me a little bit behind closed doors with your siblings in an ownership position. You say you're all very competitive. Do the, do the, do the discussions get competitive? When it comes to decision-making, <laughs> well, I'd love to hear those those uh, those dinner discussions. Oh, gosh. Well, you know, everybody has an opinion. <laughs> when, yeah. we, when, we had the, when we had the Kings, <laughs> well, this guy can't play. What's he doing? I said, well, I, said I don't know. You know. Then we'd call the GM late at night and say, what, what's going on with so-and-so? Uh, and and uh, so there'd be some heated debates. Yeah, there would be, especially, you know, in, in the NBA and – and NHL and, and baseball, you go four, five, six, seven games losing. You know what, what's going on? You know you think the the world's coming to an end. But the general manager always told me, you know, in basketball, you're going to lose. 
40, 50 games. I mean, you're going to lose 30, 40 games. You're going to lose a lot of games. So you kind of have to, it's kind of, it's, I don't know if I should say this, but it's, you have to get accustomed to in basketball and all that. You have to be accustomed to losing. I don't say you get comfortable with losing, but you're going to lose just like in baseball. How many, yeah. how many games are you going to lose in baseball? You, I mean, you just, it's going to happen. Well, I, I thought, you know, in baseball, it, it's such a marathon. And, you know, that's why the NFL is so different. It's once a week, and, man, everything's yeah. on that Sunday game. Whereas baseball, we go into a city for four nights. We got four games. And our, our, our goals are set on winning the series. We're going to lose a game. It's just don't, lo- don't lose the series. You know, sometimes yeah. you'll go in there and you'll sweep somebody. Or when you're not hot, you'll get swept. But you're right. It, it's a marathon, and you got to have that mindset because losing is a part of the game in the in the other sports. Football now you, you can't lose too many games. Whereas no. baseball, yes, it's a 162 game schedule. Uh, if we win in in 2023, if you win 90 games, you're going to the postseason. So that that means a postseason team is going to lose 70 some odd games. Right. That's uh, what and I'm that's trying to con- say. And that's considered a success. So yeah, yeah. very very interesting. But you're right. It, it's it's a mindset and it's something it's just grabbing the concept and knowing that no, we can't get bent out of shape at a loss. That's part of it. Just move on and let's win the series. 2400 sports is an odyssey company.